Broadcasting from the business capital of the world, this is the Podcast Business News Network. You know, there's coaches for just about everything. There's business coaches, life coaches, athletes have coaches. There's also a coach for your health, and we're going to talk with one today. Learn a lot from her. She helps people with that massage, Reiki, and so much more, even a specialty in chronic disease management and holistic health coaching is what we're going to focus on for a little bit today with Katrina Fritz. What is holistic health coaching? Let's find out. She's with us. Kat, welcome. How are you doing? I'm great. I'm, I'm so happy that you called me Kat. That was actually my college nickname. Funny. Um <laughs> You know, I have a I have a friend, and her name is Katrina, and uh, we call her Cat. So I was like, "Yeah, you're Cat." <laughs> Most oh. people are. Hey, yeah, no, I love it. Um, so holistic. I, I'm glad to be with you again, and welcome to everyone. Uh, for me, holistic health coaching is using my nursing background paired with uh, a Flinders chronic condition management program that was based out of Australia. Uh, it's it's a generic program that provides is the structured interview process that allows the person to really reflect upon their own habits, how they see themselves, how other people might see them, and their choices and decisions using uh, motivational interviewing to help them move forward and make small, small goals to affect change in their life. When we say health coaching... We kind of got a picture of what that could be to make mm-hmm. healthier choices within our lives. What what does that look like when we say holistic health coaching? Well, uh, holistic means that you're taking in account your whole entire being, right? Your mind, your body, your spirit. And the program that I use is not, you know, I'm not going to sit there and tell you, you need to count your cars, you need to do this, you need to do that. It is a totally self-directed thing. I am just merely the guide and the mirror in the process. I mean, I do have clinical background. I do have knowledge. If you ask me, I will tell you at the end when we're setting goals what might be helpful. But honestly, my, my thing is to help you, you know, realize what is actually the root cause of the problem, why you're struggling with whatever it is. Because you know, it could be used, it was originally developed for gambling and the aboriginal population and PTSD from Vietnam vets. Like, it, it, it is a broad, applicable thing for any problem you have, stress, what it, you name it. But if we're talking about health in particular, so, you know, you have diabetes, you know, your doctor says your hemoglobin A1C is too high, you know, you come to me like, what is that going to be? I'm not going to necessarily talk to you about your hemoglobin A1C. That might not even be any of the conversation that we have. I mean, it'll be part of the 12 questions that I ask you. But after you you write yourself on how you feel you do in these 12 aspects of your life, which includes your social, the impact this chronic condition has on your social social well-being, on your physical well-being, on your mental, emotional, spiritual well-being, and overall. So at the end of art, you know, you, you say how you think you're doing. I listen to you with more deep questions and, 
say how I think you're doing, and then we talk about it. And then we discuss about what it is that you actually want to work on. So you might not say anything to do with your diabetes. You might choose to make a goal about how the fact that your parent died to go with um, what Sonia was talking about last, last segment, you know, how the impact of all, all the clutter and all the things that you inherited from this person that you have no idea what to do and it's totally overwhelming you and you're just basically trying to survive and get through the day and are numbing yourself out with food. Mm. Like, you know, the real reason is not the food. It's the fact that you have unprocessed grief or you have emotion, you know, anger towards your parents and it's bad to say that I have anger towards my parent now that they're dead. You know, it's just, it's everything. Everything that makes you you is part of holistic health coaching because the fact is we don't eat just to sustain us. We eat because we enjoy it. We eat because it helps us distract us. We eat, you know, there are many things. And it, that's not just eating is not the only thing about health. You know, why, why do I sit there and watch TV for way too long, you know, instead of getting up off the couch and doing whatever exercise I think I should be doing or somebody tells me I'm supposed to be doing. You know, what do I want to do? What do I think? Listen to my body. Listen to my, my heart. Get, you know, guidance from wherever you get guidance and say, you know, what is the best thing for me to be my best self? And that's what holistic health coaching is. A couple of thoughts here, Kat. Uh, mm-hmm. Am I right in 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 thinking or saying that we are the only species that eats for pleasure? Like other, other animals, it's just they know they do it instinctively to sustain. But you know, they're they're not thinking. Yeah, I really want that ice cream. It'd be really good to have. Uh, is is that true? Right. In the sense of how we do it, I would think. But, you know, if, if I would imagine if you offered a chimpanzee a choice between, you know, a banana and a nut, they might choose banana because they prefer it. I mean, I think there are animals that have preferences. I mean, my dogs, for God's sake, they, they love table scraps. They will beg for it. They clearly know. It's something different than the food I give them in their bowl. Oh, 100%. But, so, but I mean, are they, aren't they doing it because they know they need to, to survive? Yeah, I'd rather have this over that, but I'm doing it because I, for survival. I don't know. My dogs, I, my dogs seem to get a lot of pleasure. I, 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 mean, I don't know. I, I, <laughs> I don't know either. Done, yeah. I have not done any research in this matter, but I'm just, you know, just looking at them and how they are persistently hounding us for food that is bad for us, that yeah. is also bad for them, I would think that there might be an element that they enjoy eating. And when we look but, at the holistic health coaching, what I'm getting from you is when you use traditional means to help you heal or, or take care of a situation, it's usually to fix the symptoms, whereby it sounds like you go to the root, the root cause. Is that right? That, that, is, that is the aim in that session. And, I mean, it, it, it can be pretty intense. Like my, uh, my mentor in this area, Krista Hirschman, she, you know, she used to say, you know, it isn't therapy, but it can feel very therapeutic. Like you are going to, if you're open to the process, as with anything, you know, you can go deep and 
really get to some things that maybe you weren't even thinking were there mm. that impacted you in your daily life and why you're doing some of the things that you're doing. That, you know, it, it's, it's really interesting how, you know, some would say, I don't, I don't really manage my symptoms I, because they're not getting success, right? So in their mind, they're saying, I don't manage my symptoms. I don't really do anything to manage my health. And then they're telling me, you know, I'm taking my blood sugar. I'm, I'm making sure that I'm not having too many carbs. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. So they rate themselves a three because they're not getting the results that they want. But I, I hear it, and I'm like, you're doing pretty well. You know, so some of it is just like giving someone encouragement to say, hey, you know, you're not really doing as badly as you think you are. It might just be another aspect or another thing that's actually interfering with the things that you are doing well and not allowing you to make the progress that you want. So you help in many different areas. I want to focus on one that, that a lot of people are dealing with, maybe even more so in the winter, fighting fatigue. Any mm-hmm. thoughts on that? And, and there could be many different reasons for it. But let's say you've done you know, lab work, comes back relatively okay. Um, maybe you don't have any major health issues, but you're just, oh, wow, I'm just tired. I'm just, it's hard to get going. Any uh, initial thoughts on that if somebody were to come to you with, with what I described? I would ask them how happy they were in their work or in their daily life. Hmm. You know, what, what are things, you know, I, I have one client that's like, I just can't get out of bed. I'm like, well, you can't get out of bed because you are not looking forward to the interactions you're going to be having with your boss. You don't want to go into work and have that stress on yourself that you're delaying it. Like, you know, there are, re- there are psychological, emotional, men- you know, reasons why we procrastinate or why we feel f- fatigued, you know, on, on just the physiological level. Like, you know, we are machine. The human body is a magnificent, marvelous, wondrous machine, right? Well, beyond a machine, but like it, on the on the basic level, you know, you need to. If if I told you I drove my car and I never changed my oil, you would be like, "What is the matter with you? Why would you do that?" Right? But mm. somehow we think we can just drive our body nonstop and not rest, or not hydrate, or not stretch, or not do anything that is prudent to maintain the body in which we live. So. There are many reasons for fatigue. It can be an emotional one. It can be a physical one that you're not mo- you're either moving too much or you're not moving enough. And you're you know, I when I when I get in my funk, this sounds nerdy, but you know I, especially in the winter because I have I swear I have seasonal affect disorder. I just I think I do. After all these years, I'll say an object in motion tends to stay in motion. Like, that's my way of telling myself, okay, I know I want to just do nothing but sit on the couch and watch TV. But if I stay in motion, I will feel better. Things will get done. I won't then feel guilty because I watched TV and I didn't do the laundry or I did do whatever. Mm-hmm. This is not for the overachievers of the world who, like, never stop. That's not, that's not for them. For them, they need to rest. For me, I'm not that person. I'm so glad you brought that up because this is what I've learned embarrassingly in the last few months. 
I am, I don't want to say I'm an overachiever, but I'm always moving. I'm always doing stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm always, even if it's socially, I make plans. I go out, I do things. I'm always, I'm always moving. Always something going on. Uh, and mm-hmm. I, I just, it's almost hard. I don't even watch TV. I, d- I don't because I get bored. So, I, I, uh, and I try to, I was, I, all right, you know what time I'm going to watch TV for a little while. I just pick up my phone and I start either doing work or texting or whatever. But, but I've learned in the last couple of months and, you know, friends have mentioned it. Oh, I just love laying in bed like on a Sunday. I'll just do nothing. And it's great. I, I don't, <laughs> I don't watch sports. I don't do any of that. So for me, that was kind of foreign. And until I started doing it. And then I realized something that I needed to do that mm-hmm. because you're, you're, you're doing something proactive by doing nothing in terms yeah. of resetting your body, in terms of just being able to think clearer, clarity. Uh, it, it, there's nothing wrong with doing nothing. That's <laughs> where I'm going with yeah, that. Well, because you're, you're never doing nothing. Right. Even when you're on your back in the outdoors on a on a warm summer day, you're laying in the grass, you can smell it, you can look up in the clouds and see them pass by. You know, there is there is something about just simply connecting and being. Yes. Right? Like just just letting yourself be. And whatever comes up is are things that you know, maybe you need to address or maybe there's nothing to address. Maybe you just need to chill out. Yeah. That's good. You know, we sleep for a reason, right? We sleep because our body is wired in such a way that it needs that regeneration every night. But I also feel that we, we think we're not going to move forward when we're, we're doing nothing, but that's really not the case. You really are. You need the the recharge. So I even set the appointment like Sundays uh, or just Saturday, depending on what's going on during the weekend. Right. I treat myself and I door dash Dunkin' Donuts, just a sandwich and a big coffee. And I just sit there in bed and just, you know, scroll on the TV, hey. you know, hang with the cats. That and the sounds dog. so nice. That sounds lovely. See, I love doing stuff like that. But see, I like doing stuff like that a lot more than, than you. So I have to limit my limit my amount of time that I'm doing that. Well, that's the other part too. And, uh, and, and you know, we're, we're focusing on this because it kind of went that way. But I, I was always afraid that, you know, the object at rest is going to remain at rest. So if I don't do yes. anything, I'm just not sure. going to want to do anything. And then, then you know, I, I haven't mopped the floors. I haven't done this. I haven't done that in a week and change. And uh, yeah, I got to get to that. Then yeah, you feel guilty that you haven't done it, but you got to release yourself of that guilt because it's after a while, it's not healthy moving around doing stuff all the time. Well, and often, you know, when you, when you have those thoughts, I, I often talk to people when I'm, you know, whose voice are you hearing? What messages did you hear when you were growing up or, you know, society or whatever that are telling you those things. Because usually, usually when you are somebody who, you know, unless you are just have boundless energy, you are constantly doing stuff for other people or just constantly in motion or whatever because you've heard messages that, you know, don't be lazy, don't be, you know, whatever. That that's usually the driver that you aren't even conscious of anymore. And this is all part of the healing. 
And, and yeah. you know, holistically, that's, and I, I, I'm so glad that you, you started talking about the emotional aspect of what goes on. Like, for example, when somebody says, I'm just tired, I, I don't know what it is. And, and right away you're like, well, um, are you happy? Are you happy? Yeah. You know, what's up with work? You wake up in the morning, you don't want to go. And, and that it's like a, a domino effect. I know somebody like that hates her job. Started working there in May. Hates it. Mm. She has anxiety. She she works from home four days a week, goes into the office. It's about a 40-minute drive once a week. She typically has anxiety the night before, knowing that she yep. has to get in the car and go there. Oh, it's, it's, it's just a terrible feeling. And I've had many jobs where I've had that feeling, so I'm well acquainted with it. Yeah. You know, when, when the drive to work becomes the best part of your day, that's a problem. Yeah, or the drive home. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the drive, the, drive, the drive home, indeed, is much better than the drive in, sure. Mm-hmm. But then you know you have to do it the next day, and then you start dreading it all over again. So it's just, it, 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 it impacts us. Our, our thoughts, our feelings, our emotions impact us yeah. in ways that we don't always realize. And, and you know, that's why... Everyone gets to a different way, right? You know, some people do mindfulness, thoughts, feelings, and emotions. That's exactly what it is about bringing awareness to what is going on with you. Yep. Um, so that might be, so going back to the, the holistic life coaching, like, so that might be a goal that you would set, that I'm going to set a timer, or, or let's use you for an example, Steve. Okay, so you, you identify that I, I, I feel stressed, I know you had said the last time we talked that you have an ulcer. I think it's really good that you're doing this self-care for yourself because, you know, taking the time to just calm your nervous system down, relax, just be with yourself is very important for your body to be able to heal itself and not be on the go all the time. So, you know, I will set a timer that I'm going to do the Dunkin' Donuts DoorDash and just sit, sit in my bed and read the newspaper or read a book or watch TV for two hours on a Saturday or Sunday. Yep. And you would set that as a goal. And, you know, when could you achieve it? Who's responsible for it? Things like that. So I want to share with you, I had tests done last Thursday. I was diagnosed with an ulcer in 15. All the symptoms and everything felt like it was an ulcer. Turned out Mm -hmm. it didn't come back. I thought it did. It well, was uh, gastritis and moderate diverticulitis. Ooh. Yeah. So, I mean, I feel much You know what? I feel much better knowing what it is. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. Well, um, you know, the unknown is terrible, right? Yeah. It, it can feel unbearable. That waiting part, not knowing, is, is it something terrible? Do I have cancer? You know, yep. all, those, all those things go through your mind, right? So, no, I can imagine it is a lot, you know, you feel more at ease. And I would say, you know, what are you going to do moving forward to help you to not to ease that gastritis and not to flare up the diverticulitis? And, you know, what have you considered? Uh, I still have to have a follow-up visit and get all the specifics of what uh, what I should be doing, what I can be doing. Um but I, I, 
I will tell you that I've made some adjustments, uh, especially and 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 med, you know, minor med adjustments like Nexium, nothing nothing fancy, right. but taking more and that's been impactful, um, and just taking it easy, taking it easier. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will tell you this, and we had a couple of minutes. I don't know if we can uh, jump into this, but aromatherapy has been impactful. I have it in in multiple rooms and started doing that, and just really love it. Um, I know that's something that, uh, you direct people on what, what's your go-to, what, what are your, you know, if somebody wants to get into, get into aromatherapy, uh, what's the initial thoughts that you would share with them? Nice segue, Steve. It's so, true. Um, <laughs> I, I know, I know. I was wondering how you were going to go there. And I wanted to talk right. about aromatherapy and I think it's fantastic. I know. Well, okay. Well, so, you know, when you're, when you're stressed, often people say lavender, that's, that's a very calming thing. So I, I can't say that I am a, an expert in aromatherapy by any stretch of, of the imagination. I do use it in my practice because I find that it helps, especially with like raising sessions, to help set the, the tone and set the intention. And I, I am more uh, go, by, go by what the person is saying they need or want, but often it's centering, protection, you know, this time of year, like boosting their immunity. So I like the blend because it kind of takes the guesswork out for me. Now, when you say that, when you say the blend, how do you mean? So, okay, so, like, if you're really into aromatherapy and you know your stuff, and I am not professing to be that person, so I take the trust of the people who are really into it and really know their stuff as to what combined together would achieve a certain result. So when I am in a Reiki session, at the end, I, use, I usually use on everyone the same three things. Joy, so it's a blend, of, a blend of sense to create that emotion, right? Calm and courage. Because I think we all need courage to get through the day in this modern world and try to be as loving and kind and present as we possibly can. So that's my aromatherapy session. But I'm, I'm glad. What what one are you using? I I, I make I, I concoct whatever I want based on maybe like ten or fifteen different uh, organic aromatherapy oils, and I'll put. Me, a- you are the person who likes to. And to like dabble and create the thing. Yeah. I, and I, I, if you ask me right now, okay, Steve, which one do you mix for calming? I can't mm-hmm. remember. I, I would have to look. I, I just, I just, yeah, obviously lavender is probably going to be in there, but I can't remember. But I, I'll mix it up. Um, and I just love, you know, try. I've even taken, this is, this, we're digressing. I even take the oils and mix them together based on a formula, formula I found online to keep my mm-hmm. cats off my furniture. Oh, wow. Yes. And it works. Yes. Scents can repel also. <laughs> yeah. And, and I bought the stuff in the store and it doesn't work that well because I don't think it's strong enough. And it's not going to hurt mm-hmm. hurt your animals. I just add a little couple of drops more of lemongrass or whatever, a couple of things. Um, mm-hmm. And it seems to repel them. And I spray eh, once a week, once every week and a half or whatever. So they're not scratching you know, the furniture. But aromatherapy. Uh, That's great. It yeah. works for a lot of things, right? It, it, yes, it really does. You know, takes away bad smells, can repel people. It's, you know, it's just, you, 
And scent is a very, very integral part of our, you know, it's our, one of our five senses. It's a very important part of us. And you might, you know, really love something and not realize it's actually the scent that triggers, you know, the olfactory memories that it creates. Like it might trigger a memory in you that you're not actually aware of, but you, that scent is what's drawing you to it to make you have a positive or a negative reaction to whatever experience you're having. And this, this is just a piece of the healing that you offer, be it aromatherapy. That's just one, one of many, many things in your 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 tool your holistic tool cabinet, which you can pull out to help people, along with the coaching and everything else. Kat, what's the best way to reach you if somebody wants to maybe learn a little bit more, start the process? Maybe they're thinking that uh, traditional medicine, if you will, really isn't cutting it the way they think that uh, it should. How do they reach you? So uh, you can email me at lifelistening44 at gmail.com. You can follow me at catfritz71, K-A-T-F-R-I-T-Z 71 at Instagram. And my website is life-listening.com. I hope to catch you there. Excellent. Kat, always great talking with you. Love your energy. Love your passion to to help people. And uh, that's why I, I do believe you went through the training, because you want to yeah. offer something different to help. 100%. Yeah. Uh, thank you so much. Look forward next time we get together. Okay. Thanks, Steve. Have a great day. You too. We'll be right back. Broadcasting from the business capital of the world, this is the Podcast Business News Network. When it comes to making plans, you are the best. What about those round trips that you plan in advance, which are perfect on your way there and perfect on your way back? Or those meetings with friends for which you make a group chat three months before so that nobody or anything is missing? Or your daughter's first birthday party? You planned it with such dedication that instead of the first, it felt like our quince's. The same way you plan each detail for those moments. Start planning to protect you and your loved ones from a natural disaster. Sign up for local weather and emergency alerts. Prepare an emergency kit. And make a family communications plan. Protecting your family is the best plan you can make. Get started at ready.gov plan. Brought to you by FEMA and the Ad Council.